My name is Todd Adams. I'm Miss Kathy Adams. Todd Jason Adams. What's your middle name, sweetie? Well, now it's Kasani. Uh huh. What happened? That's my maiden name. Uh huh. But it used to be Marie. 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 Um. So welcome to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number one hundred and ninety. And Zen Parenting Radio, you want to know what it is, sweetie? I do. It's a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom. We'll find that out today. <laughs> and a logical and practical dad. We'll probably find that out today, too. We have three daughters, ages 6, 9, and 11. And our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Uh, topics this week. You ready? I'm ready. Um, where's my drum roll? Um, we're going to talk about one of our daughters being a little sassy. Okay. We are going to answer a listener's question, Jen's question okay. about energy vampires. Okay. And then last, or maybe first, we're going to talk about the loss of our pet Greeley. Yeah. Let's talk about that first. So you can get it out of the way. Yes. I understand. Um, so for those of you who enjoy our Facebook page, we have put pictures up of our Zen bunny, Greeley, who was only a year and a half and we lost him. He no, died. No, he was two and a half. Two and a we half. had him a year and a half. Gotcha. So we got him when he was a year old. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many details we're going to share, but la- uh, we, we lost him. He yeah. died. And it, he was kind of sick. And then all of a sudden he just went up and died. Yeah. And um, we know that a lot of our listeners have pets. We know a lot of our listeners have had to go through this. We know that there probably are some listeners who have yet to go through this, and maybe we can offer some some suggestions, some tips on how best to deal with this ourselves and then also for our children. So Yeah, so um, I... I, this just happened on Friday, so it's only been about four days. So I'm not well yet. And, not, you know, you're never well, but mm-hmm. meaning I don't want to like spend a ton of time on this. Mm-hmm. But I did, also didn't want to wait too long because it's very real for us right now. Um, so I think where I want to go, I'm going to write about my own experience uh, losing Greeley, but I wanted to talk about telling the girls mm-hmm. because, um, first of all, it was definitely a shock. Rabbits can live. Um, we were told anywhere from eight to 11 years and the way, the way that Greeley lived, he probably could have lived 20, yeah. meaning like, you know, he kind of had, uh, he had us by the, um, <laughs> he had us eating out of his paws. <laughs> well, he lived with us. That in... bunny rabbit was loved <laughs> in a way that you would, you know, if you're, most people don't have rabbits. So, um, think of a, a dog or a cat. Well, we love this bunny like it was a dog or a cat. Well, and it lived like a dog or a cat. It uh, lived in our family room. Our original intention, we brought him home. We made a room for him in the basement, and we had him one week, and we're like, okay, that's not going to work. We I need to a, be around I him. I bought a big cage for him to put him in the basement, <laughs> and it cost like 100 bucks. <laughs> and we used it for like two days I and know. realized that he needed to be upstairs He needed to be us. with us. So he just walked around most of the day. He just kind of had his... his uh, he just lived in the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, yeah, he would frump around. <laughs> we we frump that that's the word I use because he just looked frumpy whenever he would because he'd just do his little rabbit frump and he would walk around the house as if All he was a, a cat or a dog. I think a lot of people think of rabbits as being, a caged animal. Yeah, and this this little guy he just kind of chilled out and he'd lay on your lap and watch TV with you and he loved kind of being pet and and anybody who's met him they know you know RBU girls loved him. He was kind of their mascot. He was he women's. Was, 
circle men's group. Yeah, he was mascot. my men's group mascot. Um, he was just uh, very special, and I know everybody feels that way about their pets. So we're not saying he's more special than other pets. We're just saying he's special to us. Exactly. Um, and it, it's very, it's a huge loss for us, and um, it was shocking. And it sometimes happens. We don't know exactly what happened, but they were thinking that it was either a heart issue mm-hmm. or he had something called uh, it's a gastrointestinal issue that sometimes happens with rabbits. And I knew about it. I'd read about it. You know, it's part of the reason I took him into the vet twice last week is because you're always trying to avoid those things if you notice um, that they're not eating. But sometimes you can't control life. And uh, he, we couldn't control it. And um, he, he actually passed away while we were at the vet. So we had all the help we could get. And um, it, you know, so yeah, it didn't work out, and um, Kathy obviously had a, has had challenges with dealing with the grief of losing our pet rabbit, um, and we. Um, but as far as this discussion, we want to talk about yeah. what we did with the girls. Let's talk about the girls. So I'll, I'm going to take. I'm going to kind of remove myself from my. Uh, stuff Are you right crying? Now. <laughs> There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. There, but there is, is crying, crying when, when you lose a pet. And I'll tell you something. Um, the you know, like I said, I'll leave my story for my blog. But with the girls, what I knew I'd have to do because they were at school is obviously I was going to tell them immediately. And I also knew what I had to gear up for because I had about three hours before I saw them was allowing them to to feel what I was telling them without trying to make it better Mm -hmm. and without trying to tell them why they shouldn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us can talk that talk and say, oh, yeah, you know, I'll let my children grieve. But we, when you're in that moment, it's very difficult. Because it's so uncomfortable. You don't like seeing your kids in pain. And I will say, I don't want to give too many details because that's their story and that's our family story. But what I will say is that, that it was an immense reaction from each of them, mm-hmm. they are very, the three of them are different people. So they have their own experience, but it, it went on a long time and you, and as a parent, um, you have to allow that. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't mean that, you know, if it gets out of control, obviously you need to bring them back to a place where they can be, um, you know, safe and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But it, it never got to that. It was just, they needed to be sad mm-hmm. and cry and scream and, not understand and, you know, just kind of be in that space with them of we don't understand and it doesn't make sense and it doesn't feel fair. You know, there's a lot of, with kids, you know, they're, they're kind of getting to that fairness place and they, they want to understand step-by-step logically why. Mm. And that's one of those things about life when someone is sick in their life or if they're sick or if a pet passes away, um, or something doesn't go their way, that's how they learn mm-hmm. about life. You know what I mean? I like, do. That's how you start to understand that even though all the things that Todd and I talk about on the show are still true, life is beautiful, um, people are innately good, um, there's more There's more joy than, than pain in you know that we can reach for, that pain is a real thing mm-hmm. and that sometimes things aren't quote-unquote fair, um, but that will eventually... Okay. Well, at the risk of trying to be overly logical, and this is my own brain, is it was all the grief, all the crying, all the sadness. It really is the testament to how much 
you and the girls loved this rabbit. Yeah. Like, and you know, without getting into my own emotional abilities, um, it would be weird if you girls didn't have a really immense reaction. Well, and it was, it's funny because at the vet, I was obviously struggling quite a bit and they had to kind of keep me in a room um, and <laughs> away from the people. And one of the technicians came in and I still wasn't ready to walk out. And she said, you know what? This is exactly what should be happening. She said, if you were not more and and I and I already know that, but I so appreciate. In other that. words, if there's a pet owner who says, "Oh, your rabbit died," like, "Oh, okay, what what, how, what do I check out?" Right, that's right. not normal. No. So your grief, your sadness was normal and and hopeful. Like you hope that you have a reaction like that. Yeah, and that that is what happens, you know, and that is how our. You know, it's interesting. Grief is one of the ways that I. I want I want to say this the right way. It's when I recognize how alive I am mm. and how you kind of tap into that deeper well of all the times you've grieved in your life right. because there's these feelings that you have that are so sharp and so um, big and kind of everything else fades away and it's a very alive feeling. Mm-hmm. It's very um, I don't want it and I don't wish for it and I don't want it to go on longer than necessary uh but it is it's an it it always really wakes me up well and a few of the things that i want to make sure we talk about and we we touched on it already but um all three of our daughters dealt with this although they were all all very sad they all dealt with it very differently Mm -hmm. and as parents we need to allow for the space for oh we never said well how come you're more sad than this person or how but you you know gosh no to us but there might be some parents out there that would be like, okay, we're, we're done crying now or right. something oh, like gosh. that. Yeah. So you just kind of let them do it. And that's the thing is, is anybody who has read about grief or understands grief, it comes in waves. Grief is not something that you have an experience and then you're done. A lot of people would like to be done because nobody enjoys pain. But the truth is, is that I was a certain way on Friday, Saturday, I was like, oh, I'm feeling better. And yesterday I was worse. Yeah. So that's kind of the way that things go. And you have to allow for that. And, and it, there is no, um, You know, I remember when my dad was sick and I was really struggling and one of my girlfriends uh, lost a dog. And I remember she started telling me about it and she started crying and she said, I feel so bad because you're dealing with your dad and I'm talking about a dog. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, pain is pain. And we don't look at people's experience and say, mine is worse. You don't know what you're talking about. Pain is pain. And a pet is a family member and they fill up a space in your home and it is a loss. And it, it, you know, I just think it should be given the respect that it deserves for anybody. Um, and so the last thing I want to say about that with the girls is that, you know, just as we were saying that this, it's not over for them. They still had to go back to school today. There are things that we're finding in the house. Like last night, I it was the first time I had looked at Facebook again, and I had forgot that my cover photo was Greeley. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was upstairs looking at uh, a part of my book, and I dedicated Greeley's in my dedication. Nice. And but here, but that you're saying nice, but it's sad. Like mm-hmm. I, it may, I did that before. Yeah. And so you get hit over and over and right. over again. There's certain things that remind you and and pu- propel you into a different. 
um, part of the grief or yeah, a different... Yeah, or think something you forgot or you're kind of moving along and you're like, okay, I'm doing better and you get hit. And I know that everybody understands what I'm talking about. Again, this could be a, um, a, a family member, a pet, anything in your life, you know, a job you've lost, you know, you, you, you feel it in different ways. Well, and I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to say it anyways. Our six-year-old Skylar, um, she got sad just like the other Oof. ones did. And then, um, but uh, since then... I, I don't think she's covering any grief up, no. but she's been talking about Grealius. He's right there. He's like, he's, he's now invisible energy or whatever term you want to and use. And that's a lot of the things that we have taught her. She's trying to incorporate it into her understanding is that, oh, go ahead. No, no. But I'm just, um, she seems to be handling it better, not better, but more openly, less sad. Like she got her grief out and now she's like, oh, well, he's still here. He's still here. And as an adult, you'd be like, she doesn't understand. She doesn't understand. And then I caught myself, I'm like, maybe she, she understands <laughs> more than I understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? She does understand. And she'll say, um, I feel Greeley in that tree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't worry, Mom. He's in the flower. Yeah. And so everything we've been trying to teach her about that he went, you know, back to love mm-hmm. and that he's now a part of the bigger picture and he's inside of us and he's in the energy everywhere. She's literally... She's feeling that. Yeah. And so for us, as we get older, even though we say those things, we're like, do we really believe it? And and I mean, I do, mm-hmm. but I still have the grief of an adult where I feel the physical, you know, I feel the physical loss just right. as much. And I'm more, and I, while I agree with you, I also think that there's something to be learned from yeah. the way Skylar is handling this. Um, and then the other small thing is we kind of went back and forth on whether or not we were going to remove his little playpen oh, yeah. on the first floor before the girls got home mm-hmm. because, you know, maybe the reason we wanted to do that was to not mess with their brains like, well, he's not in there. So anyways, we kept it in there. We kept his pen even though he was gone. Mm-hmm. And the reason we did that, um, you got help with Jessica. Uh, yeah, with that decision. Part of I was going to go home and clean things up because I was feeling manic energy and right. I didn't know what to do with myself. And I happened to be on the phone with my girlfriend Jessica, who's really, uh, I don't know what you'd call her. She's just very connected to animals and has a very uh, strong understanding of the spirituality of animals. And she said, "Oh, don't clean any of that up hmm. because that's not truthful. Right. The truth is, is that he lived there and he's not there. Don't right pretend now. Don't he pretend was never he, here. Exactly. And if we would have removed it, it would have been us pretending he wasn't there. Trying to clean it up faster than it." needed Wait, to be. Yeah, he'll, it, the pen will eventually go, yeah. but right now uh-huh. it's his bowl still there and everything else. Well, and you know, the girls, when I talked to them about it, you know, we talked about it yesterday again and they actually said, I said, are we, do you guys want to help me put this stuff away? And they were like, oh no, we're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted that up. Yeah. You know, they, there was a sense of, you know, it's got to be a gradual well, that's process. Part of the grieving process, seeing that every day yeah. is healthy. It is. And for us to remove it. For us, because I want to say people grieve differently. Right, that's true. But for our family, that was something that it kept us, there was a sense of stabilization with that rather than trying to just clean everything up and make everything normal. And um, because it's not normal, like with any loss, you find a new normal. I find the house is very quiet today and Greeley didn't make any noise except for when he was hopping around, but I can feel that he's not here. Yeah. And um, because usually he, you know, I'd come in the kitchen, he would come in, you know, you'd see him at the door and I can feel um, the lack Mm -hmm. of that energy in my house. Right. Um, and that's a new normal. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks bad. And so anyway, we just wanted to say that. And <clears throat> more important, I wanted to ask everybody, 
anybody who has loved a pet or who understands the importance of adopting pets to give to a shelter in Chicago. It's called Red Door Shelter. It's where we've adopted Greeley. They rescued him from another um, home or another home couldn't have him, and they Red Door took him in, and then we um, were lucky enough to get him. And I would really love if you'd go. We have a donation page uh, that Todd's going to link to, and if you wouldn't mind, you know, donating, and you don't have to donate a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get a bag of hay for a few bucks. Right. You know, um, and then you can. There's a little box underneath that says, you know, any special special message, and you can say in Greeley's. Put it in the G man's name. Greeley's name. Um, and also, so the the, the website, link will be yeah. in the show notes. And but the website, or if you want to look it up, it's Red Door Shelter. Is it reddoorshelter.com? Oh, I don't have it. I think it's reddoorshelter.org. Reddoorshelter.org, and they rescue rabbits. They rescue cats. Um, they have occasional dogs, too, and they're just a really lovely place. Awesome place. And we just really want to support them. So, so do a donation, if you would. Thank you for considering that. Mm-hmm. Um, our first partner is uh, Dr. John Kelly. Not your father's dentist, sweetie. This mm-hmm. is the new and improved dentistry. Um, his website is chicagodentistonline.com. He's located at 5350 West Devon Avenue. Phone number is 773-631-6844. Does a million different things, but I'll just mention one thing. You know the Invisalign T-straightening thing? Mm-hmm. He does that too. So oh, cool. in case you uh, live in or around Chicago, uh, give him a call and check in and see what uh, what needs you have because he is awesome at what he does. So. That's our first partner. And then the other thing is um, today is Tuesday, August 26th. And we are going to two tapings of the Oprah Life Class show, yes. aren't we? So uh, about when did we do that the last time? A few months ago. So a few months ago, Dr. Shafali, who's a friend of ours, was on Life Class for the first time. She also did a Super Soul Sunday with Oprah. Well, no shocker, Oprah invited her back to do another Life Class. Uh, she wrote the book, The Conscious Parent. And um, so tomorrow we're going to uh, go be with Shafali for this taping. It's um, going to stream live. Mm-hmm. So the actual edited show will be on in like four to six weeks, but it will stream live. Um, so you're saying today is Tuesday. It's yes. actually Monday, but this is going to come out on Tuesday. So Tuesday, uh, August 26th at 5 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, there's going to be two shows that are going to be taped and we'll be there. So look yeah. for us. And I might wear my pink shirt again. Uh, great. So then we can find you. And um, we've got some BU girls who will be there. Yeah. There's some some of our girls from our BU Girls Club, um, Shafali worked with and you know talk to and we actually don't know yet like mm-hmm. we haven't really we don't know what happened yeah. um and then my friend Carrie she and her uh, daughter are there so it's going to be kind of a cool experience it's supposed to be a very small group mm-hmm. um so i think you guys will get a lot out of it cuz now it's the kids talking about conscious parenting it's not us stupid grown ups not grown-ups. Well, grown-ups will be there right. learning But it's from not us stupid grown-ups. That's right. So, Dr. Shefali, tomorrow. Um, all right. So, our next thing is, um, well, let's keep our daughter anonymous. But let's just say one of our daughters. You already said something about it at the beginning of the show. Did I? Yeah, you said I you said did. the person? You did. Well, we have a person in our family who had some sassiness Well, and issues. you know I don't like that word, Todd. I was going to tell you. I what don't, word do you like? I don't like sassiness because it kind of puts it in this... Well, use the word you like. She had her own 
feelings about something and was standing her ground. And I received it as sassiness. I know you did, but I sometimes feel like when we use those words, especially with girls, we throw it into a bucket of, oh, teenage girls or pre-adolescent girls are so sassy. And we start to just say, that's the way they are. And aren't they annoying? And I know you're not doing that, but it's like calling a young girl bossy. It's that same kind of thing where... It doesn't mean we don't discuss it. It just means sometimes the words and, you know, as you guys know, I'm big into words and Todd's like, let's just get the message across, you know, <laughs> but sassy. Do we, we ever call boys sassy? No, I'll call okay. them a smart ass. OK, so why don't we just, you know, and the thing is, is she wasn't even being a smart ass. She just had her own timeline. And that doesn't mean, okay, I'll give you the example because a few things have happened where my daughter, just the other day, I was asking her to do something and she was watering the flowers. And I said, can you go over there and do something? And she kind of nodded her head and kept doing what she was doing. Mm -hmm. And so finally I walked over, I said, hey, can you go over there and do this? And she's like, I will be right there. So as a parent, you feel that kind of perceive that as... Would you consider it disrespect? No, I don't well, even like that either. Well, let's put some words to it. Um, disagreement. Dis, um, disagreement with an attitude. Okay, disagreement with maybe she's taking it up a notch where it doesn't feel... Yeah, okay, it's, it doesn't feel completely respectful. Okay. You're right. Okay, that's fine. I just want to be careful because I, I don't... I, I'm, you know... Word conscious. I know you are. And I'm saying let's use whatever word you want. Okay. And so that happened. And she finally did go over on her own time, dropped the hose, went over on her own time, did what I asked her to do. And then when we got inside, she was asking me a question. It was actually about going to the pool. And she said, can I, you know, can Skyler and I go over the pool? We live right across the street from a pool. And I said, sure, hold on one second. And I got on my phone and I was checking up times. Because we went to go see Boyhood. We did. God, we, we didn't even talk about whether or not we should talk about it in this podcast. Let's let's discuss it for two minutes after this because okay. it's worthwhile. Okay. So we were going, Todd and I were going to see Boyhood. So I was looking up the time. Now, she didn't know what I was doing. So she's like, well, I'm just going to go get my stuff on and go upstairs. And she started to go upstairs. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Come back down here for a second. Let me explain. And I said, you may not have understood this, but I was actually looking up a time for a movie so then I could answer your question. Mm -hmm. I said, maybe I should have let you know that So because she thought I was disregarding her. Right. Do you see everybody? And it's a miscommunication. There's a miscommunication. I said, so maybe I should have told you that. But I said, what just happened outside with the hose? And then the coming in the house and kind of disregarding what I'm about to say. Let's not do that to each other. I, I do hear you, and I understand you wanted to do that on your own time, but let's find a different way of telling me that. Maybe give me kind of a, a not a roll your eyes kind of look, but kind of give me a nudge or, um, you know. Yeah, give her a different tool me, to use instead of roll your eyes and walk upstairs. Yeah, because that is the How about, Mom, easiest, I don't feel like I'm being heard or something like that. Something to that effect. And and the, the, the thing is, it'll never be perfect. Like, it's not like she's never going to roll her eyes at me again, but there'll be more thought because that's the natural instinct is the easiest thing to go to is roll my eyes, get annoyed, walk away. Mm-hmm. A lot of pre-adolescent uh, kids boys and girls yeah, do that sure. and so do teenagers and the thing is is i understand that because i think a lot of adults still do that but when that happens let's have a discussion about it and talk about what just happened and why mm-hmm. and remember last week on the show if you guys listen a lot todd and i were talking about a lot of mini breakdowns versus one big breakdown exactly the way i want to do things with my kids and i'm 
you know, this is kind of something that's very important to me, is when those things happen, I want to talk about it right then, if possible. Mm -hmm. There are times when whatever timing... It doesn't allow. It doesn't allow. But majority of the time, it does allow. A lot of times we'll say, well, you know, sometimes we may need to cool off first, but I want to talk about it right then. Because what ends up happening, just like in a relationship with your spouse, if you let that go and you get offended by your kids and you don't speak then that starts to build up in you. Mm. So then when they do something minor, you get all over their case or you make it a bigger deal than it is because you haven't dealt with the 10 things that happened earlier that week. It's the exact same thing as with your spouse. Well, I think the most powerful part of how you handled this, um, and you know, we don't have any other family, so we don't really have any other, but you know, we've seen TV shows where moms are screaming at daughters or dads are screaming at sons or whatever the most powerful thing of what you did is you respectfully said, whoa, 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 come down. Let's figure out what just happened here. Yeah. And I think that that doesn't happen as often as it ought to. I think the typical response is screaming, shouting. Mm-hmm. You feel like, oh, they're not listening to me as I speak to them. They're disrespecting adults. Right. Blah, blah, blah. You yeah. will not dis- disrespect me in my house. Or you just start because they're not answering the first time you yell louder thinking that they will be more apt to listen the louder you are and sometimes they even tune you out even worse so i just feel like when these things happen to us when we're in a good place we can speak to them like not peer-to-peer but on the same level you know what my as my friend annie says instead of role to role which is i'm the parent you're the kid soul to soul Mm. my what i want more than anything else with my family our relationships. That doesn't mean she, and and here's the, what people misunderstand. She's not, she doesn't think she's in charge, nor is she in charge. Meaning we are the adults in the home. There are rules. We have boundaries. We have structure. All that's in place, but I don't need to teach or excuse me, treat her disrespectfully, talk down to her or instill fear in her to get my message across. Mm -hmm. That's a very old way or to me, an outdated way of, having relationship with our children because what ends up happening eventually is I'm the last person she wants to talk to. I'm the last person that she's going to tell something serious to and our relationship starts to break down right. and people will say, well, that's the way it's supposed to work. And then when they're 20, they come back to you. Well, that's some big years that that's you're, that you're years. sacrificing. Yeah. That's, I mean, this is the time when her brain's not fully developed, when she's taking more risks than usual, when she's experiencing things she's never seen, this is when I want to have the relationship. I hope to have because it when she's Because when they're 20, 20 it's not that it's too late, but I don't know. It's just the earlier you start anything. It's like saving money. Start saving money now. Start working on your relationship now. You can't go backwards. If Maybe you just started listening to this show and your kid's 10 years old and we talk about what you need to do when the kids too. You can't go backwards in no, time, but what you, you can do is start making changes from this point. And be really real and honest about it. Don't figure out how you're going to say it. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, c- kind of going back to the thing with Greeley, one thing I did not do when I told, when I talked to the girls is I didn't have a planned way of saying it. Yeah. I kind of just stayed in that present moment and spoke as myself. And that's kind of what I, I'm trying to do with my girls is just be myself and say, you know, when you said that and you roll your eyes at me, it does hurt my feelings. And I do get confused by what broke down in our communication. Why do you need to do that instead of say, I'll be there in a second? Like, did you not feel heard? You know, and sometimes the conversation isn't that long. Sometimes it, and sometimes she walks away, maybe still a little annoyed. But what I notice 
is maybe 20 or 30 minutes after that, she'll come down to me, come down to ask me a question and be very loving. Well, and you just, you called her out on it. I mean, that's the bottom line and not in a, not in a, I am the parent, you are the kid way, but in a relationship relationship way. And I think there's a part of her consciousness that appreciated that. And that's why she comes back to you with love. No kid wants to be mean to their parents. There's a lot of people laughing right now. Well, and I know because of the way that they perceive it. I'm not saying kids aren't mean to their parents. I'm saying that inside, they're not like, oh, I get a ton of joy being Mm -hmm. mad at my mom or my dad. What they're doing is they have to separate. They have to separate from you to grow up. I'm talking about adolescent kids and teenagers. So it's a lot easier to be mad at you Mm -hmm. than it is to really share their own challenges with having to make that separation. They can't communicate that to you because they don't really understand their own feelings. But one part of the work that I'm trying to do with the girls is allow them to separate, Mm -hmm. meaning not, you know, letting them take some risks when they tell me they're ready for something. Okay, go do it. Kind of. I'm not in control of them. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. I am trying, You're guiding them. I'm trying to be, you know, again, the metaphor I've used on this show a lot that my, one of my teachers gave me is they are on a balance beam, walking the balance beam. I cannot hold them on the balance beam. I can only be on the side of the balance beam ready if they fall. But they've got to do it. Mm-hmm. they got to live themselves. Yeah. And I, my job is to keep them safe from obvious things. They can't go drive cars. <laughs> they can't, you know, drink and all that kind of stuff. But that when they, you know, when they're having experiences of growing up and when they feel their feelings coming strong, instead of making them feel bad about it, we talk about it. Why is that happening? Yeah, Why do you feel that way? Yeah, talk about it. Just open lines of communication. Yeah. That's what it's all and about. It's, and the last thing I'll say about that, it is it, it does feel like a mini breakdown because it's not easy to call your children out on something when you've been offended. Yep. When you're feeling emotionally Our ego gets up. damaged and you're like, hey, I'm, in, I'm not going to let you get away with this. Because when a sixth grade girl or a seventh grade girl or an eighth grade boy or whatever says something to you, it throws you back into seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And so you want to retaliate in a seventh grade way. Stay above it. You're the adult. That's the work. Um, our second partner is Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. And their website is kairotree.com. Their phone number is 630-941-8733. Dr. Kelly adjusts all five of us on a weekly basis. She's located here in Elmhurst, Illinois. And she has a workshop coming up on September 9th at 10.15 a.m., completing a detox program and food intolerance testing. So give them a call if you want to reserve your seat. Limited seats available. And real briefly, yeah. um, you just mentioned about how when you talk to the girls about Greeley that you didn't plan for it. Mm-hmm. And this is a good transition because we want to talk about the movie Boyhood. Mm-hmm. And as amazing as this movie is, I don't know if I want to blow the last lines, but there's a part towards the end where they says, sometimes you seize the moment. And sometimes, sometimes the, the moment, moment seizes, seizes you. you. And in that instance with Greeley in the car, when you're talking to the girls, you didn't seize no. the moment. You decided it, not yeah. to plan it out and allow the moment to just let go of whatever was supposed to come out. Well, and I could tell by their face and their reaction how much they needed to hear when I could stop talking and when I needed to shut and up. And if you would have had a plan, you'd be like, oh, well, this wait, isn't wait, wait, part right. of my plan. <laughs> right. So anyways, really quick testimonial on Boyhood. You sh- I went in with high expectations, and 99% of the time when I walk in a movie with high expectations, I'm disappointed. I was not disappointed with this movie. This is a very special movie, and um, there is nothing we need to tell you about it in that, like, the plot of it, because it's just everyday life. Everyday life. But it's so special, and I – it was – 
three hours. No, was it three it was, I think it was two and a half to three Two hours. and a half. And I had no idea. Mm. I was so enthralled in these people, and I loved them all so much. And these are flawed people. You didn't love all of them, sweetie. A few of them I didn't, but I just love real people. And I, as I was watching the screen, I just felt like I was watching real people. <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. And maybe we'll put the trailer on the show notes, just uh, spice up our show notes a little bit. So go see Boyhood. Go see Boyhood, for goodness sakes. Um, Last but not least is our um, our friend Jen. She wrote something to us. um, And I asked if it would be okay if I used her name, and she said yes. And I'll do my best to just summarize it. She she wanted to know if we thought this was worth, worthy of talking on a show. Of and course. I feel like we talked about it once before, but I couldn't find it. It's the idea of, she calls them energy suckers. We call them what? Energy vampires. Um, she said, um, uh, I listen, I, I enjoy listening to my friends and helping all my friends. But I soon became an unpaid therapist, attracting sometimes not the greatest quality people. Only they latched on and it was hard to shake them. Uh, she needed to reassess who she was in the world. She realized that there were a few people that when she would spend time with them, she would often not feel great inside her gut and often dreaded hanging with them. But out of fear of abandonment, of, of abandoning them in their time of need or not being a loyal friend, she stuck with it even at her own expense. Um, I would, she would take on everyone's stuff and then it results in higher level of anxiety inside my soul. Well, and one of her points is she says, you know, sometimes when we're younger, it's a lot easier to like break up with a boyfriend. You can't really break up with a friend or it can happen. I'm not saying it doesn't, but it's a lot more difficult because it's the lines are a little more blurred. And I think the thing that Jen is trying to say, I have, uh, you know, reason we talk about energy vampires is I had to learn that about myself as well. Jen and I have that in common is that sometimes when we end up being everybody's person, that they go to. And we end up being the one who listens really well, which is, I'll say, you know, and I know a lot of you are very similar for Jen and I, that's, um, that's something that we came in that was a gift. And then we should be very happy and pleased that um, we can listen to people. But if we don't have boundaries around that, if we allow people to take our energy, and we become the person that, you know, you kind of always know, if your energy has been taken, if you've been talking to someone for a long time, and they're just like, Oh, I feel so much better. And you feel a million times worse that you have picked up on all their stuff and they have unloaded it on you energetically, spiritually, uh, verbally, and that you got no, you got nothing out of it. Yeah. Friendship, just like a, a relationship, a marriage relationship or a partnership is back and forth where you sometimes do unload on them and they do take it and they have to be a rock, but that there's a, then the next day it's a back and forth. It's balanced, not always perfectly balanced. Well, what's interesting is, oh, I think what's tough, I mean, uh, for a lot of women is uh, if a precedent gets set That's right. and you're like, oh, this is the person I call when I feel like garbage. Yes. And and you're you're like that with this person because you kind of have this hope that that person will be there for me when I'm like that, but it just is completely imbalanced. It is, and um, I think for women it's tougher to break that pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, number one, I think that we're just naturally more empathetic. Yeah. Men are empathetic too, but women that were mothers, you yeah. know, even if you're not a mother, you have that mother instinct. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're maternal. And so there's that sense of wanting to help and comfort, and that comes very naturally. 
And that's part of it. And also, I think Jen talks about the abandonment thing. When we're younger, we kind of learn how to, with certain people, we learn how to be a friend. And sometimes if we don't do certain things, we're afraid that they won't love us or be our friend. All the work that I do with the BU girls and everything that Rachel Simmons writes about in Curse of the Good Girl and Odd Girl Out, it's all about the reason why girls don't share their emotions is they're afraid people won't like them anymore. That That is a girl issue. And as we grow up, we kind of maintain that seventh grade mentality. And instead of saying, wow, this relationship's not working for me, we keep it up, you know, and we even do things like, oh, I have to go have coffee with this person. And, you know, people say that to me, I'll be like, why don't you not have coffee? Well, I have to. I'm like, actually, you don't. Well, and especially with friends. And I would even say you can put up boundaries with even family members. Um, But with friends, it's even easier. Like there's no bloodlines getting in the way. Right. Um, But sometimes there's history. Yes. And, you know, for a lot of people, sometimes history is even more important than the bloodlines. You know what I mean? I know. And a lot of times it's this person did this for me. I need to do it for them. And here's what I've learned with friendships. And I think Jen is saying this too, is you don't have to stop loving these people. You obviously were friends. But what you have to do is shift the relationship because it's not serving you. You have to take responsibility for what you're bringing to it. And if you are showing up and allowing them to dump all over you, then it's not their fault. You have taught them how to treat you. But if you can, because some people that maybe I don't spend as much time with anymore, it's not that I don't love them or I'm going to write them off and never talk to them again, but I'm choosing, there are certain people I love to see at a party, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to have coffee with them because I know it will be a constant, you know, Kathy, help me. And you know, friends are there for different reasons. Well, I was just having a good friend with one of my better friends, Mike, and I unloaded because I have had some issues going on in my own life. And we talked for a half hour and it was just me talking, just kind of unloading all the stuff that I was going through. And at the end, I just said, hey, listen, I appreciate you listening. And I know that this is one sided. And he's like, you know, he understands. He's of like, of course, you know, this is what we're here for. And, you know, it does balance out the other way as well. Exactly. And but we- I even need to, needed to say it out loud. Like I'm so hyper-conscious of being the person only unloading. I even had to say to him at the end, Thank next, you. Yeah, yeah, thank you, and next time it's your turn or yeah. whatever. So, Well, and that's the thing is, is you know, what Jenna is talking about in this email to us is she's talking about people who constantly suck your energy. When on Friday, after Greeley passed away, I, I called some people and unloaded mm-hmm. and didn't, I had no space to hear their stuff. Right. And that's the way friendship goes sometimes. Emotional bank account. Emotional bank account. They, they know that. And there's no apology. There's no, that's just the way it is because they've been there for me. I've been there for, you know, there's a lot of back and forth. You've set that precedent. Well, we talked about emotional bank accounts and some people know what that means. Another people don't like an energy vampire all they do is make withdrawals 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 and what we need to do to make our relationships relationships flourish is to make as many deposits if not more than your withdrawals that's right and that way you are living you know people like how come you guys are how come it seems like so easy for you guys to have a good marriage and that doesn't mean you and i don't struggle and work but it's because we're constantly making deposits in each other's accounts. So when I do have a bad day, yeah. you still love me. But yeah. if all I'm doing is taking, 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 that's when marriages get screwed and up. And when, when you constantly withdraw, even the small things mm-hmm. would throw me off. Yeah. And so if we are making deposits, then little withdrawals like, oh, you know, someone said they'd do something and they didn't, aren't a big deal. Right. Because you're, you've got a balanced checking account. Yeah. But if you are so in the 
in the red Mm -hmm. all the time, then even the smallest things become big things. And then we start calling people nags and and it's just because that person feels so overdrawn. And so it's that way with friendship. It's that way with our children. It's that way with our spouse. It's that way with our, you know. So Jen, I appreciate you bringing this up. And and what I will say is just to give her kudos here, she has been working on this with herself and she realized that when she's making, uh, she actually says, when making new friends, I take it slow and steady. Um, You know, I really listen and then I pull back and I have my own time too. She she's not going to be that person anymore that solves everybody else's problem. She realizes probably because she thought she identified that's my role yes, in the world, yes. and she's realizing, wait a second, this role of mine is not coming at out. my own expense. So you got to take care of yourself first, so you could take care of other people, and then you're a better friend. Because something I said I think last week is I love being with people where I know we're on the same page. That there's not some secret they're not telling me, right. or that they're actually annoyed at me but pretending they're not. That's very false. Right. I want to be myself, and I want people to be themselves with me. Right. And that feels the energy of that relationship feels good, not not vampirish. Um, last partner is. Um Avid Company, painting and remodeling all over the western suburbs of Chicago, 630-956-1800. Jeremy Kraft is the owner and good friend and very good at what he does, so give him a call. Um, And then as far as our promotional stuff, we do have that Race to Nowhere screening coming up on September 11th at 7 o'clock at Field School. It's being sponsored by BU and Field PTA, and the information will be on our show notes. Um, and don't forget to get all of our blogs and podcasts by subscribing to us on our website, zenprintingradio.com. And um, there's a subscribe button on the right-hand side. That way you know exactly when something new has come up that we're doing. And a reminder, um, you know, talking about Greeley, our rabbit, the Zen Bunny, um, if you would be willing... Um, if you're an animal lover, go to reddoorshelter.org and make a donation to them. Again, just a little. Um, they, you know, they do amazing things there, and they save so many. It's obviously a no-kill shelter, and they find homes for these wonderful animals, and they need your support. So, if you do that um, while thinking about Greeley, we'd appreciate that. And also remember to um, live stream Oprah. Go on Oprah.com, or is, is that where we find it? Oprah.com. Yeah, Oprah.com. And you'll see Shafali and a lot. Of people from Elmhurst. That's right. And um, don't forget to share our show and tell tell one friend about our show because that's kind of our new marketing plan: referrals, referrals, referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you shop Amazon, go to our website first, and then we get a small commission that goes to BU. Doesn't cost you any more. And then you have two books, sweetie. I do. I have um, two books, a uh, self-aware parent and a self-aware parent too. Um, my third book, um, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn. Ooh, you got your title. I do. It's called Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, The Power of Self-Aware Parenting. That comes out December 1st. Um, and that is all. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. Um, so we're going to close out of um, in memory of our beautiful pet, Bunny Greeley. Um, a little song by Carly Simon called You Are My Sunshine. It reminds me of my bunny because so, I used to sing it to sweet her. Sweetie, get your Kleenex box all going, right. all right? Here we go. I dreamed I held you in my arms When I you, I was mistaken Please don't take my sunshine away. 
Please don't take my sunshine away.